It's your coach, Coach Cam. We talking hoops, baby. We talking hoops. Uh-huh. Coach Cam on the podcast. We talking hoops. Don't you leave them open. Don't you know that coach can shoot? We talking hoops all day. That's what we do. That's NBA, D1 to D2, AAU, D3, G League, overseas, highlights, offers, transfers that want to leave. We talking hoops, that's every week With Coach Cam dropping gems for the hoop fiends uh, And to my fans with the hoop dreams Stay shooting, stay hooping Buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do Cause this is Coach Cam and we talking hoops Kid, kid, we talking hoops And we back, it's your coach that knows hoops the most Coach Cam, we talking hoops episode 11, feeling like Evan, this week we're going to talk NBA free agency. Of course, it was crazy. The news went out on Sunday where agents will be, could become free agents. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, summer league hoops, money ball, NBA summer league, uh, team camps, a couple of them. And then we got two new segments I'm going to introduce to you guys. Not going to tell you what they are right now. You got to stick around and stay a while. But it's going to be two really good ones. One of them, me and my brother stayed up to about 2 o'clock in the morning talking about. It's going to be some good basketball talk, man. So we talking hoops. Let's get right into NBA free agency. And uh, it popped off really early. KD made his decision. I was wrong again. See, I'm one of those, those guys that even though I have this platform, I'm able to say that I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, I've been saying KD was going to stay with the Warriors, and I was wrong. KD opted out. He didn't sign a new deal with Golden State, and he's going to Brooklyn with Kyrie, which is really interesting what the Brooklyn Nets are going to do. They clear some cap space. They got a nice little young core going on, Uh, but I really think they're going to need more than KD and Kyrie. Uh, Karis LeVert can get it done. Uh, Jared Allen can get it done. They're going to lose DeAndre Russell because he's going to sign with the Warriors, sign and trade. Uh, so they're going to lose that that fire piece. And, of course, you got to wait a year for KD. But the Brooklyn Nets made the splash move, um, and they, they brought in KD and Kyrie. So shouts out to them. Um, and KD came out today and said he felt like a distant second fiddle in Golden State. And now I'm not even going to go that far. Um, I think they're trying to create a narrative for KD to make it seem like leaving was the best option. I ain't buying none of that. I think he just wanted to go to Brooklyn, go to the East Coast, you know, make a little bit more money or or even the same type of money and just a different situation. Like KD, he just, he one of them guys that he's just going to do him, man. He's not going to care about the media. He don't care about his burner account that's going to tweet about himself. He don't care. He's going to do what he want to do. And what he wanted to do was go to Brooklyn. So can't really hate him on that. Got a few other deals that I want to talk about. Not going to cover them all. I'm not not going to cover every single deal that happened in the NBA. Because every time you you refresh uh, the Woj Twitter feed, it's something different. But... Not going to go into every deal. I'm just going to go into the deals that I liked and that I want to talk about. And I think Kimba Walker signing with the Boston Celtics is a big deal. I like that group. I mean, you got Kimba. You got Jason Tatum. You got Jalen Brown. uh, Rozier is going to sign with uh, Charlotte Hornets as a part of that deal. I think he signed a three-year, $58 million deal. And, man, he got a bag for a guy that was coming off the bench and didn't, didn't even start. He's going to give him $58 million over three years. He got the bag in Charlotte. But this Boston group with, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, I mean, I think you're really going to see some things. Gordon Hayward, Marcus Smart. This is the team in out east nobody's talking about. Nobody's talking about the Celtics. They think just because they got rid of Kyrie that, you know, it's going to go south for them. And I think the opposite. I think the Boston Celtics can be a top three team in the east next year. And you're really you're gonna see Max Money, Gordon Hayward. I'm telling you right now, Gordon Hayward and Jason Tatum are going to be all stars next season, and they're gonna tear that thing up. And, and of course, Kimball Walker is gonna do the do the doggone thing. You feel me? 
the step back master is going to go to work in Boston. So good luck guarding those guards. Um, yeah, I, I think Boston really knocked it out the park. Now, of course, they lost Kyrie. Kyrie is one of the best point guards in the game. But you're replacing him with another high-level point guard that shoots the ball better. He can create it just about the same. Is he a better finisher than Kyrie? No. Uh, that's one thing that, that Kimba does not have on Kyrie. Kyrie can get to the rim, and he can finish around just about anybody. Kimba doesn't quite have that in his bag. But guess what? The jump shot is wetter than the ocean on a rainy day. I'm telling you. Kimba Walker shoots that thing. So that's what separates him from Kyrie is the fact that he can shoot the ball at a high level. So I really like Boston. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler did, did not sign with the Sixers. Decided to take the D-Wade route to Miami, and I like it. I like it. Jimmy Butler wants to be the man. This is the opportunity for him to be the man, to be the guy, the spotlight guy. Um, even though it looks like they might lose uh, Hassan Whiteside in the deal because he signed with Portland Trailblazers, but I mean Jimmy Butler, uh, I, I'm not I'm I'm not sold on Butler yet. I'm not sold on him. Um, his year with the Sixers was kind of it was a good season, but they finished subpar. Uh, same thing with the Timberwolves and the Bulls. So at some point, I mean you've been on three different teams in three different years. At some point, is he really a superstar? Is he really worth the max money? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to find. We're going to find out in Miami. This is the year, year or two. You're going to find out if this with the real Jimmy Butler. Please stand up. Are you going to get All Star Jimmy Butler when he locked himself in the gym for a whole summer, or are you going to get the Jimmy Butler that's playing dominoes with Cubans on South Beach? So I mean, you don't know what you're going to get, but you know Jimmy Butler is still a really high level player. Uh, the Golden State Warriors they added D'Angelo Russell. Uh, that was kind of a surprise to people. Most people thought that D'Angelo Russell was going to go to the Lakers. Uh, the Warriors are working out a sign-and-trade deal to get him. The thing is, they have until July 6th to move him. So they could keep him, or they can move him for other assets. Uh, the Warriors also signed Kevon Looney. A small deal, three years, $15 million. That's small money it's in the NBA these days, which is crazy. They also added Kali Stein, which is big for this group because you get a guy that can finish at the rim. He's a shot blocker. Uh, the Warriors is not going to lie down. People are thinking they're not going to make the playoffs next year. I mean, you still got one of the MVPs in the game. You still got Draymond Green. Um, they still got some pieces there. Uh, I want to see how Jordan Poole fits with that group. Um, I saw him in the NBA Summer League. Didn't really look that good. They're playing him at the point. I don't know. That's going to take some time to figure out. But the Warriors, they're not going to stay dead. Now they might take a year off and even stay Steph Kerr. Um, Steph Kerr. Uh, Steve Kerr, the head coach, has said that they need kind of a break. And this year can be kind of a break year for them. And if they make the playoffs, that's fine. And they get the right matchup and Clay comes back, they could make some damage. So watch out for the Warriors late in the season next year. They're not just going to die down. And the New York Knicks, I, the media stopped talking about the Knicks. We don't care. The last time it was relevant was 1997, 1998. I'm pretty sure that was 30 years ago, uh, 20 years ago, whatever. We don't care about the New York Knicks. We don't care about the Garden anymore. Everybody's facilities is just as good as the Garden. Stop trying to get guys to play for the Knicks. Now, did they make some moves? Did they get Julius Randle? Did they get Bobby Portis? Yeah, they did all that. But. They didn't get KD. They didn't get Kawhi. They didn't get Kyrie. They didn't get anybody they had planned on getting. Not a single soul. And if I'm a free agent, why? what's the appeal of New York? Because they're a media market? Man, these guys don't care about media markets, man. They don't. They care about max money. They don't care about playing in the garden. Anybody can play in the garden. You've got high school teams that play in the garden. The majority of NBA arenas right now are top-notch. So playing in the garden isn't separate from everybody else. So stop talking about New York and the New York Knicks. If you're a Knicks fan, I don't know how you have to be 45, 50 or older to ever remember a relevant Knicks team. Okay, so stop pushing the Knicks on it. We don't want to hear it. Okay, now Al Horford signed with the 76ers. It gives them some depth inside because you know Embiid is going to miss some games. He's not going to play a 482. He can play a four, and he can play a five, and he can stretch the floor. I like that for Philly. 
where they're lacking, they're lacking in shooting. Horford gives them some shooting, but they're going to have to add some outside shooting, and I'm not quite sure where it's going to come from. Derrick Rose, everybody's favorite point guard 10 years ago, before the ACE injuries, is going to Detroit. Two-year deal, $15 million. And I like it. I like it. Hopefully, he's not past his prime. Um, he dropped 40-plus in a couple games last year from Minnesota. So I think Derrick Rose can be a valuable asset. I just hope we ain't seeing the downhill D Rose. Give us a good, a good high level D Rose for a couple years. Let us, you know, us, I mean as Detroit fans, because I'm a Detroit fan. I live in Detroit. I'm from Detroit. I root for Detroit. So that's my team. So hopefully we can get a high level D Rose and not a hobble D Rose. And I mean, you got miscellaneous deals going everywhere. I mean, guys is getting money. Mid-level guys is getting money. Low-level guys is money. If you are in the NBA right now and you happen to just trip across my podcast because there's no other reason why you would listen to it. But if you're a young player in the NBA right now, it's time to get money, man. It's time to get money. For real. Because they just throwing our bags left and right. And the salary cap keeps getting higher and higher. So the potential for you to make more money is higher and higher. So if you're in the league right now, man, I need you to call A.W. Canada. He's going to get you right. He's going to call uh, my man Clint out west. He'll get you right. Get the bag, man, because they throwing them out. And I guarantee you if I was in the league, I'm getting one of those bags, dude. I'm getting one of them. So uh, looks like the Jazz are kind of loading up. They got Jeff Green. They got Bodon Bodanovich. They got Ed Davis. They got Manuel Mudei. They traded for... Mike Connolly, I mean, the Jazz got some pieces there. They're going to be a top five team in the West. The Utah Jazz will be a top five, top four team in, in the West. And I'm looking forward to seeing how Mike Connolly and uh, Spider uh, Donovan Mitchell play together. So that's just my NBA free agency roundup. Don't talk about every deal because every deal don't need to be talked about. But they throwing out the bag, young players. If you hearing me, if you happen to just... Like I said, trip over this podcast, get in the gym, and get your money. And that was my free agency talk. We on the road with it. I'm on my way to work, but we still talking hoops. Just know that I got a job. So if you hear a, a horn in the background, somebody with some road rage, hey, it is what it is. But Coach Cam is going to keep it moving, even when I'm corporate, baby. All right? So now I want to talk some summer league hoops. I told y'all last week to go to Moneyball. I told you to go. And if you went, you got a treat. You got to see Miles Bridges. You got to see Kay Felder. And boy, they go they go crazy. They went crazy. I mean, Miles Bridges did what a pro is supposed to do when he comes back to the Pro-Am. When you come back to the Pro-Am and you didn't got the bag and people know that, all right, let me see if you really got game still. Like, oh, I can give dog buckets. And you come through with the 360 between the legs like, yeah, you let them know that you for real. All right, Miles Bridges is for real. He's a pro. You know what I'm saying? And he's going to get a bag pretty soon. Hopefully, young man is still in the gym because they throwing out bags like like peanuts out here. All right, so hopefully if he's if he got people close to him, he's like, hey, man, stay in the gym. Stay the right, stay the right mind because you're going to get paid. All right? He came through and shut it down. Shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Okay? And I told y'all to go for free. Moneyball, man, that's where it's at. Now, a couple Michigan players didn't show up last week. This week, they're supposed to show up and play. Desmond Ferguson puts on a great show for free. And this is the spot that you want to watch the Michigan State players, the Michigan players, players around the state that play lower level that you might not have heard of. Uh, so you get a chance to see players like this in an environment at Aim High that you right on the court, has that summer league type of feel to it. I'm telling you, at some point of this summer, if you don't get up to Aim High, and watch the Moneyball Summer League, you are missing out. I'm telling you, you're missing out. It's no difference from when Cats used to go up to St. Cecilia and watch all the pros play there. This got that same type of feel to it. I might even do a live podcast from the Moneyball uh, Summer League one of these Thursdays when I ain't got to work or something like that. Might shoot my way up there just to show support and show love. But uh, make your way up to, to Summer League, to the to Moneyball. And I'm not just saying that because that's my guy and he, he ain't doing nothing on this podcast. Like, we talking hoops. That's where the real hoops is at in Michigan. Make sure y'all go check that out. 
I want to talk about the Drew League. Okay, the Drew League is probably you know one of the more the more recent legendary summer leagues where you get some of the the the, the young pros in the NBA. They go out there and they put on a show. Uh, when Chris Paul and Harden just signed with Rockets, they went out there and put on a show. When they had the lockout, LeBron and, and KD and them guys went out there and put on a show. And I'm going to tell you who's putting on a show this summer. LaMelo Ball. Now, forget all the antics with his dad. Just, just leave the antics out of this. And let's just, just look at the player, right? He's, they saying that he's not quite 6'7". That's fine. He could be 6'5", 6'6". Doesn't matter. The boy got game. Okay? Let's be clear. LaMelo Ball has game. And if he was in the NCAA, he would be a problem. But this kind of game don't need to be in college. And the reason why this kind of game don't need to be in college because he don't need no coach controlling him, trying to make him play some kind of way. He's going to play his kind of way. Okay? Now, does he got to get a little bit bigger? Yeah. Does he have to add some strength? Yeah, he does. But his vision and his passing skills are ahead of his time. All right? There are a lot of guys that can't dish the rock like he can. He's got a Jason Kidd kind of feel to his game. He's like a mixture of, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to sound crazy for saying this. He's got a mixture of Jason Kidd and Penny. Right? Because Penny was, he was really great creating a shot off the dribble. He had range to his shot. All right? He was athletic. Now, LaMelo's not quite athletic like Penny was. But, I mean, if you take their games, you know, a long, lanky athlete, big guard, and Jason Kidd, who was always a pass-first type of guard, and you put them together, you get LaMelo Ball. And I'm telling you, he's going to be the number one pick next year. After he goes to Australia and does well, because uh, I think that his game, he's, he can he can play the European-style basketball. Now, is he going to go over there and dominate? No, he's not. He's not going to dominate that men's league. Because that that league over there in Australia is super legit. It's, it's just as good as the G League, if you ask me. It might even be better than the G League, which is why some guys are starting to go over there. Because you got some certified pros over there. All right? Will Bynum played over there. Now, you see him with the fake sham guy crossover in the big three. And like, man, who was that? Will Bynum. Will Bynum played at Georgia Tech. He's a beast. All right. So we're going to talk about some some good some good college teams later on in the podcast. I got a nice little segment coming for y'all on that end. But yeah, LaMelo Ball will be the number one pick in the 2020 draft. I'm, I'm booking it. I'm, I'm stamping that. Uh, if, if I'm wrong, he's top five. If I'm wrong, he's top five. If he passes past below five, he didn't did something crazy and his dad didn't said something that's going to make you a non-believer. Okay? But I I think that LaMelo Ball is going to be a really good ball player overseas. And you're really going to see his potential. His potential is through the moon. You wouldn't be able to see it in the college games the way the game is played. You're going to be able to see it in the European style that he's going to play in Australia. And like I said, when he comes back over to the States... He's going to be dominant. Hopefully, he puts some pounds on that frame. I know J.J. is probably going to go over there with him, talking about Jermaine Jackson, who coached him at Spire this past year. I know him and the family have been have been getting a little close. And J.J.'s a great development guy. So, I, you know, I'm totally cool with that. Uh, I hope I wish them well. I know he's going to do well with LaMelo Ball, but I'm telling you, that boy is legit. Forget the antics. Forget his dad. The boy, Ken Ball, no pun intended. Okay? The NBA Summer Leagues are starting up. So you're starting to see some guys that, uh, some first-round picks, some second-round picks, some guys that played overseas, some G League guys, some guys that's, that's fringing on the league or not. And for some people, that might be their last chance. You get a chance to watch Jimmer Fredette play with the Warriors. He's like a seven- or eight-year vet. This is it for him. If, if he doesn't find his niche with the Warriors, his NBA chances are probably passed him by. And to be quite honest, Jimmer Fredette needs to leave his BYU game back in BYU. Okay? Just stick to being a knockdown, dead-eye shooter. And stop trying to create your own shot off the dribble and all of that. Okay? I'm going to give you some, some shooter advice, Jimmer. And 
this is just my perspective. Stop trying to create your own shot. You're going to play with Steph Curry. You're going to play with D'Angelo Russell, hopefully. Just be the guy that can come off a down screen and make the open three. You ain't got to create a doggone shot. You ain't got to create nothing. He and Summer League trying to create shots, taking bad shots. That's the one thing J.J. Redick has done in his career that I don't think that you will really notice. He doesn't force a lot of shots. If he gets 10 shots, he gets 10. If he gets four, he gets four. But he's not going to force three and hurt his shooting percentages just to say that he got up a couple shots. And he's going to have a very long, as you can see, he's going to have a long career, very long career in the NBA because shooting is at a premium. They're always going to be need. We always need shooters, always. So, Jimmer, just stand in the corner and make open shots, man. I don't need you to create. So, I watched the Golden State Warriors, and they just got blasted. The Cleveland Cavaliers were, were a nice watch. I like, to, I like to see Malik Newman out of Kansas, a uh, big-time guard out of there. I mean, he looked really polished. Now, the, here's the thing about Summer League, NBA Summer League. They're not doing it against the high-level NBA guys. So these guys that go off in summer league, they're doing it against the guys they used to go off in in college or the guys they going off on in the G League. So it's more of a comfort level for some of these guys to, to feel some success and some success early. It's because, oh, man, I, man, I've been dominating him for years. This guy couldn't guard me when I was playing in the EYBL. So you start to get some of that, uh, but you got some guys that's fighting to stay in the league. And I'm going to tell you like this, Miami Heat. Get used to hearing the name Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. Them two guys right there is going to have a roster spot. Now, I'm not sure which one is really going to play. They shipped Gordon Dragic off, so they don't have a point guard right now. They shipped him off to, I think, Dallas, who's going to be the all-foreign team in Dallas. But I'm going to tell you right now, Tyler Hero at the point, Man, I like that experiment, and he looked comfortable. He looked really comfortable. They playing him at the point. You know he can stroke it with the best of them. And Duncan Robinson, he had his shot going at a high level. Shooting is a premium in the NBA. So if you can get it done like that, man, I think some good things can happen for you. Uh, but the Miami Heat, they got two high-level shooters that you need to be paying attention to because them boys, they got that thing, and they stroking it. We be stroking all right, so the NBA Summer League, so you get a chance to see some guys you don't normally get to see. Um, like to see Kendrick Nunn, he dropped 30 the other night. I mean, the boy is a bucket. I mean, he was getting buckets at Oakland, and he's going to continue to get buckets. So you start to see guys like that. It was kind of interesting watching uh, Beeline coach the Cleveland Cavaliers. Normally, the head coaches don't coach Summer League, but this is a unique situation. He's never coached the NBA before. He's coached high-level college, uh, but he had to get a feel for the game, a feel for his players a little bit, and I kind of like it. I kind of like him coaching uh, his team this year. Now, next year, pass it along to, to Becky Hammond or, or somebody, one of your assistants, uh, but for this year in the NBA, I'm cool. I'm cool with the head coach, coaching Summer League. I'm cool with the assistant coach, coaching Summer League. So it just looked a little weird. Looked a little weird because – most head coaches in the summer, they chilling. They look, they got their feet crossed. They eating popcorn. And they looking at these guys like, ain't a single one of these guys going to make my team next year. But I'm going to support them. And I'm going to see if, if I can get something that falls through the cracks. And if something does fall through the cracks, I'm going to be the one to get it. So NBA League is popping off in Utah and uh, L.A. and Las Vegas. And it's going to be a good time to watch some summer hoops. I know this Friday, R.J. Barrett and Zion, they're going to get the bump. So you'll get an early look at them. And I'm telling you, R.J. Butler, R.J. Barrett, excuse me, R.J. Barrett is going to be the one in New York. Okay? I know you saw the, the video with him shooting the air ball. And the, hey, it's, it happens. It's basketball. Okay? not every You're not going to make every shot. But R.J. Barrett is going to do his thing. And you get to see the, the, the freak of nature. Zion in his first NBA game, even though it's in the summer. So you get a chance to see some really good basketball in Summer League, and it's going to be on just about every day on NBA TV. I advise you to tune in. If you don't get a chance to go to Moneyball, get there, get there, and be early because you might not get a seat. And we back, baby. So that was my Summer League talk. We, we back on the road with it. We on the lodge with it. I had to say that just because it was cool. You know, I kind of stay ahead of the times. So Coach Cam, the podcast is on the lodge with it. 
because we back on the road. I want to introduce one of my two segments that I'm going to do, start doing uh, this week. The first segment is called the Flame 5 College Prospects. And in this segment, I'm going to give you five prospects that I like, five guys that I've been watching, whether it's AAU or high school. And just five guys, whether you know about them or not, they might have got an offer or two. And just to keep five guys on your radar, I have coaches that listen to this podcast. Hopefully they're doing their due diligence and recruiting as they should. But I know a lot of coaches are lazy, all right, and they don't want to do the work. So I'm going to do the work for some of you lazy coaches who don't want to get out there on the road. I've got five names for you, and a couple of these guys you should look up. Now, they might be Division One, They might be Division Two. Who knows? I'm going to mix it up every week. They're not just going to be the same names. Like, I'm not going to talk about Ty Rogers every week. I'm not going to talk about Imani Bates every week. I'm going to give you some other guys to talk about that are making noise in Michigan and in the Midwest and even nationally. So this is my Flame 5 College Prospect segment. All right. The first player I want to talk about is Ryan Rollins, 6'1 guard out of the family. His brother, Chris, played for East English, is now currently playing at Davenport. They won the GLIAC last year, and they probably will win it again next year unless somebody takes the crown from them. But Chris Rowling is a really interesting prospect out of Macomb, Dakota. Uh, he's been racking up offers left and right. I mean, he's got an offer from Drexel. He's got an offer from UAD. He's got an offer from Toledo, offer from Kent State, offer from just about you name it in the midwest and as should i mean he's a 6-1 playmaker he's a playmaking point guard but he can shoot it he's got a good jump shot he's got a good vision he's just a really good guard i mean he's very similar to his brother i think he i think he shoots it better than his brother at this point in his career he plays on his family 17u team and you know when you get on the circuit and you, you start having a couple good games coaches take notice they take notice because a lot of coaches will say, well, oh, that, that kind of guard isn't in my league. So if he can stop that guard, he's, he's a good defender too, really good on the ball. So they say, well, if he can stop that player, then he can for sure stop, you know, X, Y, and Z in our league. And that's just how they, they think. And a lot of times, once one mid-major offers in the conference, some teams in the conference will say, well, if they can play for Drexel, and Drexel's in our conference, and they can play for us. That's not how I do my recruiting. I, I would advise if that's how you, you do your recruiting, you need to rethink your thoughts, get players that fit in your program and your fit. But Ryan Rollins is a good prospect to look at. Uh, make sure you go see Macomb, Dakota this uh, winter. That's who he plays for. He'll probably be the only show on that team. They got another kid that's 6'7". That's pretty decent. Uh, but he's he's the main player on his high school team. But his AAU team, he's been playing well on the circuit. The family are going to be playing at the Beach Jam. So I would like to see how he performed against some of those other high-level players. But he's he's had a good run so far. So Ryan Wallens, Macomb, Dakota. Make sure, 2020, make sure you go check him out. The next uh, college prospect I got for you is Jayshon Moore. 6'6", guard wing out of Ferndale. Uh, he plays for the Reach Legends 17U team. He had to sit out this past year. Because uh, he was a transfer from East English Village. He now plays at Ferndale. So he went the whole high school year and he didn't play. He didn't play a game. And in the spring he played well. But you know he was still getting back in shape. Getting in game shape. He's a really long, lanky player. Crafty with the basketball. Knows how to get to his spots. So I don't want to sound like RP3. But yeah, that's kind of how he is. Uh, just long and lanky. Alright, he can get by. You can finish at the rim. Very good mid-range game. He can stretch it to three. High-level shooter from the three. So I think that's one part of his game. His shot needs to, to, to be a little bit faster. That's one of the things that I tried to work with him on. I was trying to get his shot off a little faster. But he still has a very nice shot from three. He can get you at all three levels. He can get you from three. He can get you from mid-range. And he can get to the rim, too. Uh, not super athletic. But he's also not one of those kids who's playing just two feet on the floor. So for his size, 6'5", 6'6", you know, he's decently athletic enough uh, to be able to make plays at the mid-major level. Right now he has offers from Oakland, 
Cleveland State, and Detroit Mercy. And I'm pretty sure when he goes on the road with the Reach Legends out here in Alabama next week, because that's where we'll be. We'll be in Alabama, Birmingham, competing in the Adidas Summer Championships. Uh, he'll pick up a few more offers. He's going to pick up a few more offers because you got a lot of people looking at Tyson Acuff, a lot of people looking at Colin Golson, and they're going to be looking at this other 6'6 kid like, hold on, who's that? Like, that's Jay Sean Moore. Uh, so, very intriguing prospect. Uh, defensively, he's okay. Not the best defender. Um, he's solid. He can he can guard a guard and he can guard a wing. Not sure if he can guard a four or not. Uh, but at his side, he's going to be playing a 2-3 in college anyway. So, you really wouldn't have to worry about that. Uh, but if, if I'm one of these in-state schools, if I'm Oakland, if I'm Cleveland State, if I'm UAD, I'm trying to seal the deal before he gets out. Before he gets out he gets out and it's gonna be over for you and usually once he gets an offer like a you know a, a Wichita State or something like that it's a done deal so make sure you get on Jay Sean Moore the third prospect on my flame five college prospect list is Omar Ziegler jr. six 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 seven kid out of Detroit King he's a 2021 kid though he's a 2021 kid who's been playing up so what I mean by he's been playing up. So on the circuit or with AAU, instead of playing his age group, which is 16 and under, he's been playing 17 and under. The kids that play 17 and under primarily are 2020 kids. He's a 2021 kid. And he holds his own as if he was a senior. But he's a junior. And he plays on the same team as Wendell Green and Kyle LeGuerre with the Playmakers NY2L18. And when I tell you the boy, the boy got it, he got it. His father was a was a All-State player at Redford High School with McDowell. Uh, but he and, and let me tell you, his dad had major game. Major game. And he's he's just like his dad. If you if you if you know who O Ziegler is, Omar, big O trees is what we call him. That's my guy. Alright. He he got game like dad. But he way more athletic. Man, he playing the game. is at the rim. He's strong. He's athletic. He can put it on the floor. He's more of a 3-4 kind of guy right now. That's where I see his game. He can play on the wing. But I, I think that he he's best fit to be a guy that can play a 3-4 and be able to take guys off the dribble playing the 4 and being able to guard a 3 and a 4 is a huge asset for a guy his size and his age. So... The interest has picked up for him. He's just got an offer from UIC. And once the playmakers hit the road here in Watuala Circuit, I'm pretty sure more schools are going to talk about him because he's big, he's physical, and he got a little dog in him. He's got some dog in him. He needs to stretch his jump shot out, out the three consistently. Can he make a three? Yes. Uh, but the higher level players that are his size and athletic, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and can make a three, are the guys that get money. So he used to come to my shooting camps. That's how I used to know about him when he was when he was a little bit younger. So I just kept in contact. And I know his dad because me and his dad played together all the time. And I just knew, I, had, I just knew once he started growing, I was like, man, he just kept growing and kept growing and kept growing. And now he's a he's a for real prospect. So if if you're in in the state, if you're a division one school in the state of Michigan, and you have not offered Omar Ziegler Jr. and you need a 2021, I'm telling you, you better get on that train before it passes you by. And you like, man, why didn't I get this kid? Well, you didn't get him because you didn't show him no love. You want to know how to show him some love? Offer him. Go to the Playmakers. Watch them. He's not a senior. He is a junior playing against seniors. Remember that. If you drop him in in the 16U, he'd be the best player at some of these tournaments. I know for sure if he played against our 16U team, he would flat out destroy him. And I love my guys, but it's just certain guys so you ain't checking. Be like, my man, that's a bona fide D1 guy, and you want to figure that out because there ain't nothing you can do. He would just demolish them guys. So make sure you go out and see Omar Ziegler Jr. He's got a nice team at Detroit King. Chauncey Willis Jr. is a fresh June sophomore now. Nice little tandem that they're, they're going to have. So go out and watch King. Say what up to George Ward and tell him to play a little bit faster. All right? So number four. Number four on my list for college prospects. Jarvis Walker. 6'2 guard out of Muskegon. Plays for the Grand Rapids Storm. 
it's picking up a lot of Division One interest. A lot of Division One interest. He's got offers from Ferris, Northwood, Grand Valley, IBFW, NIU, and his recruiting is picking up. It's picking up. He's a big combo guard. I call him a big bucket. He's just a big combo guard. Athletically, his body is starting to catch up. You know, last summer, you can see, I thought he was a, kind of a step too slow. So, even though he was a big body kid, he still kind of moved kind of slow because, I mean, he, he was a big kid. And athletically, he just wasn't there. But it's getting there. And if he hasn't already got it now, it's going to be there once the summer hits. Uh, plays for the Grand Rapids Storm High School. He plays at Muskegon. Shouts out to Keith Guy. Does a great job with his guys getting them to the next level and where they should be. He has GLIAC offers. Don't think he's going to play any GLIAC. Sorry, Ferris. Sorry, uh, Coach Brock. Didn't mean to put that out there. Uh, Taylor at Grand Valley. Sorry, but he ain't playing in the GLIAC. Even though they were first to, to offer him because, last, like I said, last summer he kind of struggled a little bit, uh, especially athletically. But, but yeah, yeah, he ain't playing in the GLIAC. He is a Division One player. Division One player, and some lower level schools will start to pick up his recruitment. Uh, the Grand Rapids Storm team that he plays on, uh, it's a really good team, got some high-level players on it. I can see him picking up some offers. Uh, what I like about this game, he can play a little bit of the one, play a little bit of the two. His jump shot needs to improve where he can stretch it to three. He can make a three, just not consistently. Uh, but he has a good shot, a good, good form on the shot. And, but he's a scorer. He's a bucket. He's trying to get to the rim. He can also make plays for other players. I mean, he's just a good player. He's a good player, good high school player. Just his level is going to be determined by the level of where his jump shot gets to. If he can get his jump shot where he can consistently make a three and make it all the time, he's for sure a Division I player. And the last person, the last player on my Flame 5, College 5, College Prospect list is Parker Day. Let me tell you about Parker Day. Who is Parker Day? Parker Day is a 6'7 wing outside of, goes to Saginaw Heritage High School in Saginaw. Okay? The kid is just touching the iceberg. He's so versatile, he don't even know he can play yet. I'm just being honest. He don't know if he can play yet. He makes some plays. He gets rebounds out of his area. He'll sprint the floor. He'll get a dunk, an alley-oop here and there. He'll get a block. he put it on the glass, and you'll be like, man, I didn't know you could do that. But he consistently make plays. He makes plays all the time, always makes the right play. Um, he can put it on the floor. He can create. He's not much of a playmaker with the ball in his hands. And if he could ever get that way where he becomes a, just a playmaking dog, you'll see his, his recruiting will explode. Uh, he just picked up an offer from Lake State. They went up to their team camp, did pretty well. I can see him taking off when Reach goes to Alabama. And he, he pick up a couple more offers. Uh, I think the GLIAC is keeping them tight, keeping them close. All right. I, I know. See, the thing about recruiting in the GLIAC is you got guys like Parker Day who who you hope could fall to your level. But once you start offering them, it's like, man, the D1s is like, well, if he's good enough to play at these certain D2s, then we should be on him. Here's what I'll say to that. And here's how you recruit Parker Day. You go after him. You recruit him. All right, I recruited him. I wanted him to be on our team bad, but he was just a sophomore at the time, and you couldn't offer sophomores before June 15th. I think he's going to be a high-level player because his he hasn't reached his ceiling yet. He don't know how good he's going to be. And when he reaches his ceiling, man, watch out. He is going to be a dynamic player because he can stretch the floor with his jump shot. He can put it on the deck. He can guard a guard. He plays both sides of the ball. He's a play, He's a player, man. He's a player out of Saginaw Heritage. His AU team is Reach Legends, uh, 16U. Not the 16U that I coach for, but the Adidas 16U, the top program. High-level player, man. High-level player, 6'7", very versatile, especially defensively. I think the plays that he makes defensively kind of puts him in gives him an edge over guys his side that might be able to score the ball a little bit better than he does because he gets blocks he gets rebounds he runs the floor he's a high level player he's a high level player and i would not be surprised as he start picking up more college offers especially from the division one level so the fame flame five college prospects 
was Ryan Collins, Parker Day, Omar Ziegler Jr. Jay Sean Moore and Jarvis Walker. Those five guys right there, if you have the opportunity to watch them this weekend, a few of them will be playing in the July tune-up hosted by Reach at Summit Academy. If you have the opportunity to play these guys, to go watch these guys, I would suggest that you do because they're college prospects and they out here on the flame this, baby. The Flame Five, baby, that's how we do it, man. That's just a new segment for y'all. One of two new segments I'm going to give you every week. This next one is probably going to be my one of my favorite segments I'm going to do. And it's called The Best to Never Do It. And these are teams that didn't win the title. We're going to talk about college teams. We're going to talk about NBA teams. Shout out to my brother Brandon for helping me out with the idea. Stayed up late uh, a few nights ago just, just talking about really, really good teams that did not win the title. You're always talking about the championship teams and the teams that win it and the dynasties. And you forget about the teams that just, for some reason or not, just did not win the championship. And that doesn't make them an, uh, a great team. They just didn't do it. The best to never do it. And we're going to go back 30 years. And each week we're going to do five teams from college and five teams from the NBA that didn't win a title but were very, very, very good teams. So we're going to start off with 1989, okay? This was the year that Ramel Robinson and the Michigan Wolverines with Glenn Rice won the national championship, but they weren't the favorites. The favorites this year was Illinois. Illinois in the Big Ten, they went 31-5. and five. Uh, They were second in the Big Ten. They were a very, very good team. Okay, they got Nick Anderson, Kenny Battle, Kendall Gill, who is my cousin, hint, hint, toot, toot, uh, Marcus Liberty. All right, for some of you younger guys, these names you don't know, uh, but this was a high-level team. I'm talking about four or five pros on one team. And they went to the Final Four. They just could not beat Michigan. They beat them. They split in the regular season, I believe. And they just couldn't beat Michigan. Michigan just had... Uh, a special run that year, Romel Robinson and Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice averaged 27 a game, and they were just they just went on a roll. But Illinois just couldn't beat Michigan at the time. But they were a very very good team. How about this team in 1989 that did not win it? LSU. LSU had Shaquille O'Neal. I'm talking about a lean mean machine. Didn't win it. Did not win it. Didn't even make it to. The Final Four or the Elite Eight. I think they made the tournament. They lost in the second round. I mean, how do you not win a title with Shaq? One of the most dominant centers that we've seen in in this era. And you don't win a title with that. I mean, the year before, um, they had Chris Jackson, who was Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf now. And you see him in the big three still still getting buckets at, at 50. Um he was pretty nasty, man. He averaged 28 a game Shaq's freshman year. I mean, he was just, he was phenomenal. But you got two dynamic guys like this and you don't win a title. That's crazy to me. 1990, okay, I'm going to take you to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. This is their roster. Dennis Scott, Brian Oliver, Kenny Anderson, one of the best point guards to ever come out of New York. I mean, Kenny Anderson was just a flat-out dog. And you also had uh, Malcolm Mackey on this team. They had three guys on this team that averaged 20 points per game. Okay? Dennis Scott averaged 27. Brian Oliver was 21-6. and six. Kenny Anderson was 25-8. and eight. This was the team that beat the Steve Smith Michigan State team and ended up losing the UNLV in the Final Four. But I'm talking about when was the last time? Just, let's just think. When was the last time in college basketball? You had three guys on one team average 20 points or more. I mean, that's unheard of. Unheard of. And they don't win a title. They don't win the title that year, um, which is which is crazy to me. They ran in the UNLV. And, of course, you know who they had. St- Stacey Augman, Larry Johnson, and those guys. I mean, they were just flat out loaded. They wasn't beating that team. But, I mean, it's hard to believe a, a college team have three guys average 20 and don't win it. 
2K in 91, Duke wins the national championship, but guess who they beat? They beat UNLV. How does UNLV not win two titles? I mean, as dominant as they were in this area, in this era, they probably had three losses in two years. They get a national championship out of it, but they lose in the national championship game. Like, how do you not beat Duke as, as athletic as UNLV was? I mean, Duke, of course, they had Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley, Christian Lehner. You know, you know who they had, but they weren't supposed to beat UNLV. UNLV was a, was a huge favorite, and they couldn't beat them. Now, the one team that, that really strikes out, that's really sparked the conversation of best teams to never do it, was the Fab Five. The Fab Five, as great as they were, Chris Webber, Jalen Rose, Juwan Howard, Jimmy King, Ray Jackson, they didn't win a title. They didn't win a title. They were the second best team twice. Of course, you know about the infamous timeout um, against North Carolina. Of course, you know about that. Uh, but they also lost to Duke, too. And, and you're talking about, you know, two guys on one college team to, to sign $100 million contracts. Two of them, Juwan Howard and Chris Weber, both signed $100 million contracts in the NBA. And you don't, you don't get nothing. And you might have got, you know, a couple Big Ten titles, but they don't win at all. So it's like, man, how can these teams be so dominant and still not win? And a lot of times it comes down to uh, a lot of times the best team just doesn't win. you got to have a lot of balls to bounce your way. you got to have a lot of luck. And there are a lot of really, really good teams that just don't win a title. And that's just on the college side. We haven't even touched the NBA side yet. And we're about to do that now. So let's, let's start back with 89. Okay, they there was there was a young guard NBA at the time. His name was Michael Jordan. Okay, in '89 he couldn't beat the Pistons. Could not beat the Pistons. I mean, he was averaging thirty plus a game. They they basically had the same team in '89. They had a ninety that they wanted. The same team, exact same team. Basically, I mean, you add B.J. Armstrong and you use Craig Hodges, but I mean, really, your core was there. Cartwright was there. Horace Grant was there. Mike was there. Pippen was there. The team that won it was the team that lost it. They just could not beat the Pistons. Another team that I like to talk about in this 89-90-91 era, the, Port, the Portland Trailblazers, okay? So Pete, who Portland had? They had Clyde Drexler, they had Jerome Kersey, Ter- Terry Porter, Cliff Robinson, Buck Williams, and between 89 and 92, they went to the finals twice, they lost to the Pistons, they lost to the Bulls, and a year in between, they lost in the Western Conference Finals to the Lakers, who ended up losing to the Bulls. I mean, they had one year where they had 59 wins, next year they had 63 wins, the next year they had 57 wins. But they just couldn't get by uh, the Pistons, and they couldn't get to by the Bulls. So basically this era, this era between 89 and 92 in the NBA, you had the Chicago Bulls, you had the Detroit Pistons. You had the L.A. Lakers. Okay. Um, they, and the Portland Trailblazers. Basically, these four teams were in the Western Conference, Eastern Conference. These were the final four for four straight years. So they just flip-flopped. One year the Pistons won it. One year the Lakers won it. One year the Bulls won it. Like, they just flip-flopped. Except the only team that did not win it out of those four is Portland. Okay. Uh, the Lakers ended up winning it. One, actually, the Lakers didn't win it. The Lakers did not win it because... When the Pistons beat him in, in 91, Magic was hurt. He, he, he sprained his hamstring, and they were just beaten down. You could tell they were at the end of their run, and the Pistons and the Bulls was, was ready to take on the torch and pass it along. Uh, but I'm talking about the Blazers. I mean, they have Clyde Drexler, one of the top 50 greatest players ever, doesn't win a title. The last team I talk about on the NBA side is the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns in 1993. Okay, this would be the last year we'll talk about. The Phoenix Suns in 1993. Okay, had Danny Ainge, Charles Barkley, Cedric Sabalas, all right, Tom Chambers, Kevin Johnson. I mean, you talk about this. This was a team that averaged 113 points. In this era, there weren't teams averaging over 100 points. They averaged 113 points. They won 62 games in the regular season. And guess who beat them? You already know it. The best to ever do it, Michael Jordan beat them. So the Phoenix Suns is that team that 
they probably epitomize uh, one of the best teams that never do it. Uh, they had two really good seasons in this era. They had Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley never won a title. You have some really good players in this era between 89 and maybe 94, 95. Really great. Some of the greatest players ever played in this game. Never won a title. And that's thanks to Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And don't ever compare nobody to Jordan. Not Kobe, not LeBron, not Jan, not, not Katie, none of them. None of them is Mike. All right, so stop comparing them. Mike is at the top and it's everybody else. I don't care if you line up the stats. Don't do it. Mike was the best to ever do it because he had to beat teams like the Blazers and beat teams like the Pistons and the Lakers who had the, some of the greatest players ever, and they never were able to win the title. So that's just the era we went. We went from 89 to 93. Next week, we'll go from 94 to 99. We'll talk about some other good teams. I mean, just go back and think about some of the great teams that never won a title, man. And you'll be very, very surprised at what you come up with. And we're going to get all the way up to, you know, 2019. But we're going to get there. We're going to creep there. We're on a slow stroll, you know, like we in Houston, off the lean, you know, off the, you know, you know what I mean. We're going to slow roll to it. We're going to get there. But... There have been some very, very good teams that did not win the title. And that's it, man. We wrapping up this week. I was on the roll with it. We on the lodge with it. This, this podcast was sponsored by the lodge, the M10, because we on the lodge with it, baby. Next week, uh, we'll probably get you a little, a little closer to Tuesday. This week was a long one. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful July 4th weekend. Be safe. Don't do anything I would do. And like I said, if you got a chance, go check out Moneyball. Go check out Moneyball. Next week, we're going to talk some more Summer League hoops. We're going to talk more team camps. We got AAU coming back. Uh, so we're going to talk some more AAU. Ba- I'm sorry, not AAU. Travel basketball. So we're going to tra- talk some more travel basketball. See if some guys pick up some offers and pick up some steam. And yeah, that's that, man. It's your coach and those hoops the most. And I'm signing off. Uh-huh. Buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do. Cause this is Coach Cam and we talking hoops. Kid, kid, we talking hoops.